Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, help us to see this world through your eyes. Specifically today, help us to see ourselves and your church through your eyes. Through Christ we pray. Amen. So how do you see the church? How do you see yourself in relationship to the church? 1 Timothy 5, Paul deals with how the church should help those in need. I was reading this devotionally recently and just kind of jumped out at me. Paul spends a little bit of time dealing with people in genuine need, the widows. In that first century, as in actually in ancient times, there's no more vulnerable group of people than widows. And Paul makes it very clear that the church needs to make sure that widows in need should be taken care of. That's good. We're the family of God. We care for each other. So 1 Timothy 5.9, Paul says, make a list of widows in need. Take care of them. Now, what widows qualify to be on the list is kind of interesting. All widows don't qualify to be on the list. Paul shows how they discriminate who makes the list and who doesn't. A widow is to be put on the list only if, Paul writes, only if she is not less than 60 years old, having been, again, she's, because less than 60 years old, she can take care of herself, she can have work, having been the wife of one man, in other words, she is a faithful wife, she's not been um, promiscuous, having a reputation for good works, and if she has brought up children, if she has shown hospitality to strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet, if she has assisted those in distress, and if she has devoted herself to every good work. Isn't that fascinating? Paul makes it very clear, every widow doesn't make the list. Now, we would find that scandalous today. The idea that there is proper, improper, wrong discrimination and proper discrimination. It's like, no. I mean, people today just don't think biblically and so think all discrimination is wrong. No, discrimination based on persons, discrimination based on, 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 on valuing people based on their skin color or, or those things or, or, or socioeconomic ability. That's wrong. But Paul says, on this list of who gets cared for in the church, you need to show some discrimination. And the discrimination has to do with the history of the widow serving. The ones who receive care from the church are those who have a history of faithfulness in serving. Faithfulness to God, faithfulness to serving the church and others. Again, verse 10, she's brought up children. She's not just lived life for herself. In other words, she's shown hospitality to strangers. She's washed the feet of the saints. She's assisted those in distress. She's devoted herself to every good work. Again, modern American, to modern American morality is like, oh, that's immoral. Modern American instincts. We've not learned the wisdom of this kind of thing, but Paul is clear that church is God's family, not a charitable organization. Hear that again. The church is God's family. The church is not a charitable organization. How do you see the church? Do you see the church as a charitable organization? 
See, culturally, Americans have been conditioned to feel like the church exists to meet all of our needs and all of our desires. Somebody said, everyone feels like life is a movie and, and each of us is the star of our own movie and everybody else in life is some bit player. They may have better, more roles, lesser roles, but we see ourselves at the center of the movie and, and everybody else is a bit player. No, in reality, life, if, if it's a movie, God is the star. Jesus is worthy of the center of it all. And we exist to serve him. One way that the modern attitude points, it makes itself clear though, is when we see the church as a charitable organization. See, charitable organizations admit to, exist to offer charity, to give relief, the IRS even says, relief to the poor and the distressed and the underprivileged. In other words, charitable organizations exist to meet people's needs. As an aside, have you heard that Starbucks baristas are getting fed up with the demandingness of customers who are demanding that their meet, all of their needs and desires be met? Heather Hayden in Washington in the Wall Street Journal once wrote, wrote recently, Starbucks first turned regular drip coffee into a $5 half-calf extra whipped cream mocha latte. Now they're producing dozens of bizarre concoctions dreamed up by social media stars. These complex drinks include a triple caramel threat, a cold brew with caramel syrup, vanilla sweet cold foam blended with dark caramel and caramel drizzle, and a patch, a mat, match, matcha, matcha, pink drink features. Uh, the chain's strawberry acai refreshers uh, beverage with a green tea powder and sweet foam added. It is so complex. It's just like, I have no idea. I'm, it's, it's, am, I, am I back in Greek class or something, right? But their complexity, she says, is lengthening lines and driving baristas nuts. It's exhausting, said a Starbucks barista in Buffalo, New York. The customers treat Starbucks menu like a lineup of drinks and, uh, and, and more like, not like a lineup, less like a lineup of drinks and more like a buffet of ingredients to be mixed together in crazy ways to create off-menu drinks that may list 10 separate customizations on the side of the cup. Starbucks says, in addition to the beverage options listed on its menu board, there are, get this, 170,000 plus ways baristas can customize beverages. Even Starbucks is discovering that this entitlement consumer mentality can be overwhelming. Well, the same attitude that demands bizarre customization of drinks at Starbucks drives expectations of the church as a charitable organization. When applied to the church, people don't see themselves Christians, Christians, 
I don't mean people who are non-Christians. Christians don't see themselves as owners with responsibility, but as customers with entitled demands. While the church does exist to meet needs, the church needs um, meets needs in a way, the same way that the family does. Not as a charitable organization. Charitable organizations have givers and receivers. You know, servers and demanders. In a family, everyone the server. Unless you are an infant. <laughs> Unless you have a problem. Everyone has responsibility for himself and herself as well as for others. In a family, everyone wants to carry his own burden or her own burden, not create burdens for others. That's how families love. Paul clarifies this further in verse 16 when he says, if any woman who is a believer has dependent widows, she must assist them and the church must not be burdened so that it may assist those who are widows indeed. In other words, the church is not a charitable organization that just indiscriminately exists to care for all the people in need. The church is a family and inside the family, the family is expected to take care of themselves so that the church can take care of the widows who really don't have families that can take care of them. So they really can carry the burdens of those who have no one to carry their burdens. Lately, I've been challenging us a lot about this consumer mentality approach to, to the church because it's not healthy and it's not like Christ. It's not, uh, it's not gonna build anybody to be more like Christ. But the problem with consumer Christianity is that consumers don't own the church. They see themselves as customers with entitled demands. They don't see the church as family, that they are committed to be a part of building and serving. They see the church as existing, charitable organization to meet needs, to make demands on. And so people like to say, well, the church should be doing this and the church should be doing this. And why is the church doing this? And often when Christians say that, I think, well, you're the church. If God's giving you that, that's great that God's giving you that burden. What are you going to do about it? The church is not a charitable organization that exists for your demands. The church is the family of God that we all own to minister, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. The Bible says we don't want to be a burden to the church. Again, verse 16, if any woman who's a believer has a dependent, has dependent widows, she must assist them. You don't go, you have dependent widows in your family, he was saying, you don't go to the church and say, y'all need to start a ministry for dependent widows because I have these widows in my family. No, you take care of your own widows. Why? So the church must not be burdened. So it may assist those. Yeah, we ought to have uh, in those first century, for instance, they ought to have a widow's ministry, but it's not to the widows indiscriminately. It's to the widows that really are widows in the church that meet the list, that don't have others to take care of them. See, God has ordered the world so that the family is responsible to take care of the family first. The individual is responsible to take care of himself, herself, self-discipline, personal responsibility. The family is responsible for the individual. Now, when the individual can't take responsibility for himself, done all they can, but they need help. And the family breaks down 
or, or, or the individual can't, doesn't have a family to take care of them, then the church is to step in and take care. God has provided the church to be a family to step in. But the church is not an organiza- a charitable organization merely to be taken advantage of. It is a family for each of us who calls ourselves followers of Christ to own, to carry our own burdens. Again, Galatians chapter 6, verse 3, the Apostle Paul says, bear one another's burdens and therefore fulfill the law of Christ. Paul says, in the church, we bear each other's burdens. For each one must bear his own load, verse 5. I love that. So bear your own load, carry your own burden, and look to say, how can you carry the burdens of others? See, God's view is, um, uh, do, do you see God's view is my question. Our attitude sometimes is charitable as an organization. Church charitable organization that exists to meet my needs. Others say, I am the church. The church is my family. I'm so thankful I have a church family that takes care of me in ways I can't take care of myself, in ways that my family can't take care of me. But I don't want to be a burden to the church family. I want to carry the burdens of the church because I want to carry the burdens of Christ. I want to finish the work he's left us to do together. Now, this takes us back to the question, how do you see the church? a charitable organization that exists to meet your needs and demands as a customer or a family of God that exists for its God-given purpose to go and make disciples of all nations, to reach the lost so the world may know that Jesus is Lord. Is the church a spiritual Starbucks or a spiritual family? With all that in mind, we're entering one of the most important seasons of care in the year. Thanksgiving and Christmas are just around the corner and then year end. This has been a terrible financial year for most people. Inflation has robbed people of income. Uh, Stock market has robbed people of savings and retirement. Most people have less to live on this year than they did last year. In fact, the government said the COLA for the cost of living increase for Social Security next year will be almost 9%, 8.7%. In other words, just to break even next year, you need, or this past year, you've, you've needed almost 9% increase in salary. How many people do you think are going to get a 9% increase in salary next year? Some people are going to be lucky to get any increase, um, I, I, any increase because their businesses just are not doing that that well. Churches just aren't doing that well. Not many of us are going to get 9%, let alone any increase. So the need to be generous now is, is greater than ever. Year-end giving uh, is what leads most churches from, um, from the red to the black. Year-end generosity is often what allows most churches to at least break even in their budgets. Now, the irony of times like this in church work is usually when there's the greatest financial needs, the greatest needs in the community and in the church to be met, the people, people have the least amount of disposable income to give. 
the economy is down, the stock market is down, so I'm being told that year-end offering we need to expect to be down as well. People just aren't going to be as generous. People are going to give less this year than they did last year. Well, first of all, uh, we depend on God, not on people. I'm looking to God, not to people. Praying for Him to provide, for His work to be done, and for Him to give the financial resources for that. I'm just going to ask, would you pray and consider how God is going to lead you to be generous to the church this year? Would you consider what it means to own the church, to carry your burden, trusting that God will honor that to do his work? Again, 1 Timothy 5, 16, if any woman who is a believer has a dependent widow, she must assist them, has dependent widows, she must assist them and the church must not be burdened so that it may assist those who are widows indeed. So let's own the church. Let's be the family of God together. Heavenly Father, um, I, I pray that you would help give us clarity in the way that we see the church, that we would not just see it through worldly eyes, but we would see it through your eyes. We know that Jesus died for the church. Jesus is the head of the church. We know that there's nothing that matters more than the eternal kingdom. We know that to live for self is to die, but to live for you is to find true life. And this is my desire that people, that each of us would um, see what it means to live for you, to own your uh, the responsibilities that you have given us, that we would carry our own burden, that we would carry the burdens of others, that we would not become a burden, that your name would be exalted, that more lost people would be won, that more disciples would be made, so that the world, our generation, really would see the light of Christ through us. Lord, hear our prayers. Through Christ, I pray these things. Amen. Um, if you found that encouraging, please pray for us and um, hope to see you soon.